In this episode of Multi New Media, we'll explore whether you and your business should consider podcasting as a part of your content marketing efforts. I'll be joined by Matthew Passy from Pod to Pod, who's better known as the Podcast Consultant. I'm Chase Raz, a university instructor and corporate trainer, and this is Multi New Media, your business technology advisors. This is Multinew Media. Joining me today is Matthew Passy of Pod to Pod, the podcast and website for podcasters and podcast listeners. Matthew's worked in radio and podcasting for a number number of years. I don't believe you're in radio anymore, are you, Matthew? No, I am not. Podcasting only, so what, about a decade, give or take? So, yeah, I mean, my first radio job was over a decade ago, I guess now almost 15 years ago. And while I was there, podcasting started really becoming a thing with the introduction of the iPod and the iPhone. And so I turned to my boss. I was like, we we should produce a podcast. We got plenty of content. And so not realizing that it was going to lead me to where I am today, that was sort of my first foray into podcasting. So you you intended to be a radio guy. Oh, yeah. I thought I was going to be not Howard Stern, but Don Imus. You know, I always wanted to do radio, news, anchor, get on, uh, you know, the evening news or something like that. Um, I really thought broadcasting was going to be where it was at. And then after being in it for about 10 years and getting laid off, I looked around and saw what was happening and seeing all my friends getting laid off. And I was like, I'm not going through this again. I'm not putting myself through this. This industry is just it's not making adjustments to make itself thrive and survive. And truthfully, I I didn't think podcasting was going to be a career either. It was just sort of something I started to do as, you know, a way to make some money while I was looking for a full-time job. And it, it, you know, my timing was good and I seemed to have just struck gold and and wound up getting a a ton of clients. And um, it's been great. What was it, if you don't mind me asking, what was it you were looking for while podcasting was just, you know, something to to pay some bills and fill the time. So at the time I was looking to do more of like corporate media management. So, you know, I had been in talks with another company to run a media arm for them. So, you know, they wanted to do podcasts and video and social media and blog and magazine and, you know, just launch this whole other media arm for their business to help get the word out there. And so while that was being negotiated while they were doing all sorts of crazy things with their finances to get this off the ground. Uh, I had started to talk to a few uh, former colleagues that I had been interviewing regularly with the Wall Street Journal Radio and Podcast Network. And, you know, they were sad that we had uh, diminished everything at the time. Dow Jones decided to get out of the business and did a clean sweep of all audio at the time. And I was like, you know, if you want to do it, like, I, I can do that for you. I, you know, all I need is my computer. We'll get you set up with some basic recording equipment. And so I, I started to do that with a few people that I knew. And um, right around that same time was, you know, shortly after Serial had come out. And so podcasting had, you know, received another massive influx of popularity and had gotten a lot more momentum behind it again. And the next thing I knew, I was slowly just you know, people just kept reaching out to me and, and friends of friends are like, oh, yeah, talk to this guy. He used to be in radio. Now he's he's doing the podcast thing. And, um, you know, a, a couple of good clients later who have just struck gold have been great 
referral networks. And so it just became, you know, easy enough to do this full time. And then in the midst of all that, I wound up joining up with uh, Joe Berman, who had launched Pod to Pod, the newsletter originally. And, you know, then we worked together to, to turn that into a bigger brand. And so it, next thing I knew, without really trying, I just become, you know, all in podcasting all day, all night. Oh. With the emphasis on a lot of all night, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the daytime is still was still wrapped up in what? The job search and working and, and helping people establish their media brands? So, yeah, at the time, so the company that I had been talking to, they were doing some really shady things. And so uh, those conversations kept getting more spaced out, more spaced out. And so I found myself working more and more on the podcasting, less worrying about that. I wound up taking some part-time work with a nonprofit. Uh, my wife and I had just moved and so got involved with this nonprofit doing social media and digital marketing for them and figured it was a great way to build up some of those skills and have a place to go to because, you know, working from home can be a little lonely and, and stir crazy, <laughs> uh, especially since most of my clients are all, were all remote at the time. Um, so I was doing that. And yeah, I mean, I found myself increasing my hours in podcasting and because I was still working part time during the day, I found myself up, you know, pretty late at night and, and still to this day, find myself working pretty late at night, uh, editing for clients and whatnot. Um, just because that's, you know, it's gotta get done. They, they want their episodes to go out on time and, um, I want to make sure that they get the product with enough time to listen and be happy with it before it gets sent out to the public. I find that to be pretty cool. You st you still work in editing, right? You you don't farm that out to somebody else. Uh, so I it's a little bit of a mix. So there are still some clients that I am start to finish handling every single aspect of their show uh, as the business has grown and and you know frankly with just running at a time between the business growing. Um, also this past year, my wife and I had twins. And so that's pretty time consuming. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so I have, what I do now is I farm out what I call the, the quality cleanup edit. So uh, I have a few people that I work with, fantastic folks who they'll do the first round of removing ums, uhs, likes, you knows, all those different verbal fillers that just tend to not make someone sound as professional as they could. But then I'll still go through and I'll do final processing on any everything. And then I do the production in terms of putting in their music, making any uh, content edits that they're looking for. So um, I do have some people that I, I am working with and, and actually always looking for more. So if people listening want to get involved in this and think editing could be fun, don't hesitate to hit me up. Absolutely. So anyone out there and we'll, we'll definitely get some uh, contact information from you in a moment. Um, I will say one thing, though. You're making me doubt myself, though. I know you spent some time in Florida in school, correct? I did. I was at uh, University of Miami for four years. University of Miami. So, you know, the reason you're making me doubt myself is you talked about working from home being lonely, and I guess I must gravitate towards it. Uh, you know, I do go onto the university campus. I do go into, um, you know, my, my clients' facilities for corporate training, but when I'm at home, even when I get out of the home office to not go stir crazy, I was just out before recording this in the middle of nowhere, literally with the alligators and the wild hogs. And, um, um, you know, it makes me wonder, maybe I'm just antisocial in some way. <laughs> but that leads me to somewhere, not being self-deprecating. There are a lot of preconceived notions about podcasts and podcasters. And there are businesses looking nonstop at different mediums and how can we reach our audiences? How can we reach our customers? How can we make a better connection with people? And let me just put the, the big reveal up front. 
I, I know what your answer is going to be, and I'm looking more for the why. M- Matthew, is podcasting a good thing for businesses to consider? They don't have to follow through necessarily, but is it a good thing for them to at least consider as a part of their marketing and outreach? Absolutely, they should be considering it. Uh, should they all do it? No. Uh, the 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 people who really would best use podcasting are small businesses that you know. There's a few reasons that I see good small businesses using podcasting, and and I'm thinking of some of my clients right now. One, they have a really good story to tell. Podcasting, you know, at its core, was developed really as a storytelling medium. That's why NPR seems to do it so well. You know, they don't just uh, throw people in a booth and, and interview back and forth, which we're doing and which is great. But, you know, their success has been from telling really, really good stories. And so if you have a good story to tell, if your brand or if your customers, if your colleagues, your clients, uh, the people that you work with, if you have a lot of good stories to tell, podcasting is probably the best way to get those stories out there. Uh, it's just a more intimate medium. Uh, people tend to gravitate towards it. It's longer form typically. And so people can enjoy it while they're driving, uh, other forms of commuting, working out, doing the dishes, cleaning. So it's great for that. But I, uh, some of my other clients use it for other reasons that have been quite effective. Uh, one of my first clients was, you know, basically he's like, I, I just want to use it to network. You know, I want to be able to talk to some of the smartest people in my industry. And frankly, if I call them up on the phone and just say, hey, can I chat with you for an hour? They're going to look at me like I'm crazy. But if you call up that same person and say, I'd love to have you on my podcast, they're ecstatic. They're so excited to have somebody who wants to talk to them for an hour, record it and share their thoughts. And so this person used it as a great networking tool. And, you know, he he started out thinking, eh, I'll just do a few episodes. And, you know, over a year later, over three million downloads and it's been a great success. Other other ways that can be used is, you know, if you have really good short tidbits of information that you want to get out there. I mean, I think increasingly there are ways to do that with video, but if you don't want to handle that kind of production, podcasting is a good way to do that. What I what I don't want is people to just think having a podcast is automatically going to help my brand. You know, if you're not going to do it consistently, if you're not going to put any real effort and care into it, I mean, it's just like companies or individuals who start a blog and they do, you know, they do an entry this week and then they do an entry next week and then they skip a week and then they do one three weeks later. And then, you know, you look on their blog blog post right now that's still on their website and they don't have an entry, you know, going back to 2016. People are going to look at that and think, well, if you can't handle doing this on a regular basis, like how do I know you're going to be able to handle me consistently and regularly with any quality? So, I think, yes, there's great reasons to do a podcast. It can be an absolute boon for your business and your brand. But if you're not going to do it right, I I usually caution people, don't do it at all. That's that's really good advice because um, we here at Multi New Media, we follow Carl Pauline's PACT model, patience, action, consistency, and time. And it's surprising when you take something very simple like that and you do self-introspection, you find all the times where you think, sure, I'm I'm patient and you realize, oh, no, I'm not. And you think, oh, sure, I'm taking action and you realize, no, you're not. And it, it really does. It takes a lot of dedication to go into any type of content marketing, doesn't it? I mean, have you worked with other types of content other than audio or are you, have you always been very much primarily audio? 
I guess I've done a little bit of written word, but primarily audio. My career started in radio and, you know, I went from radio to radio into podcasting and there was some writing along the way while doing it. I, I am dabbling some more in video content. But yeah, you're right. I mean, any content marketing requires care, requires patience. It requires consistency. And, you know, anybody, if you watch some videos that are online about podcasting, they make it sound like, oh, all you need is this, 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 and this. 20 minutes later, you've got a podcast and you're going to be making millions of dollars. Hooray. <laughs> it's just not true. I, I the, think... people who, <laughs> the people who are telling you that have put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of hours into it. And that's why they're able to put out a high quality product. And the people who are making a lot of money on their podcast, typically they've been doing it for a long time. It, it's it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's not a if you podcast it, they will come. I mean, your even though your podcast is a marketing vehicle, your podcast requires its own marketing. So it's not just as easy as buy a mic, start recording, yeah. put it out there, and you're famous. There's there's a lot of work that goes into it. It reminds me working uh, once with um, someone and I said, okay, what's your marketing plan for an event you want to uh, produce? And they said, well, we're going to create a mobile application. And I said, okay, what else? And um, they stopped there. They said, no, we're going to create a mobile application. And I just looked back like, and how are you going to promote the mobile application? To I mean, you just added a, an additional layer of complexity. And so I, I, I love what you just said there because it's so important for everybody to really internalize that, myself included, yourself included. We're all on that boat together. But transitioning here just, just a little bit, I want to go back to where you talked about storytelling. Right. We, we have the option of you can you can podcast to storytell, you can podcast a network, you can podcast maybe to tap into an existing audience you already have in a different medium. But storytelling specifically, it seems to me and, and, and please tell me if I'm wrong, because I, I'm you know, I'm not the podcaster for podcasters. I'm the podcaster for business technology. And it seems to me as if podcasts right now are really dominated by comedians and by um, former radio personalities and the get rich quick scheme. <laughs> you know, it seems to me like those are the three things that are really what's bringing the mainstream attention to podcasting. So first, is that true? And second, is that fair of the medium if it is? Well, I think to a certain extent it is true. I, I mean, if you, so for example, it depends on the, the circles that you run in. When I talk to some of my clients, and they come around and they tell me what podcast they listen to. None of them listen to comedians. None of them listen to, you know, the get rich quick schemers. You know, so it depends. It's the same thing like Twitter and Facebook. It's an echo chamber. So, you know, if you, it, whatever circles you run in, you're going to find that a lot of content gravitates into that realm. So, yes, I think there are a lot of comedians. There are a lot of storytellers and there are a lot of get rich quick schemers out there. But what's interesting is, uh, sorry, you said comedians and former broadcasters. Mm -hmm. Interesting about comedians and former broadcasters is they're usually really good storytellers. You know, a lot of comedians, that's how they get their point out there. I mean, those are not just people telling jokes. They're, they're masters of language. They're masters of crafting spoken word to not only make you laugh, but to get a point across. And so that's one reason why they've hit gold with podcasting is because they're art is just made for it. But also what's been great for them is that podcasting gives them so much flexibility. I mean, the people who, the comedians, the broadcasters, the people who are having a lot of success here 
are people who would who have always wanted to do television. They always wanted to do radio. They always wanted to to do books and print. And what they found is that this is the medium that just affords them the freedom to do it how they want, how long they want, reach the people they want to reach, cut out all the middlemen. I mean, how many broadcasters can now do a radio show? They don't have to worry about hitting the post. They don't have to worry about the commercial breaks every 15 minutes, going to traffic and weather. You know, they could talk as long or as short as they want. They can release how, you know, frequently or how, how you know, infrequently they want to do it. And they can go directly to their consumers. They don't have to try and appeal to the entire mass audience because, you know, that's what radio is focused on right now. Um, and the same thing with comedians. You know, this format allows them to do whatever they want on air. They don't have to censor themselves. They don't have to worry about people in suits telling them that their content is okay or not okay. You know, it really allows the free market to decide what's good and what's bad. But on top of all that, those are the ones dominating it. And but I think they're all other forms and niches and topics and genres of podcasting are enjoying just as much success. I just don't know that the people who are producing that kind of content, if a lot of them are made to do it like, you know, there's a guy out of Florida who runs a horse radio network. Now, he is phenomenal at doing this, and he is the man when it comes to all things related to owning and caring for horses and racing horses and carriage horses and all these things like that. But just think about it. How many people that work in that industry are also personable enough to have a podcast? I think that's why those first niches that you mentioned are doing so well, because those are natural broadcasters, salesmen, storytellers. Whereas in other niches, yeah, there are people within them that can get behind a mic and speak comfortably and passionately and convincingly, but they're fewer and far between. Is is there anything that somebody could be a little bit introspective and, and start determining whether they might be suited to podcasting for their business or maybe just for themselves personally as a hobby? Like what what type of markers have you observed in people um, you know, is it just as simple as being charismatic uh, or or or, you know, are the introverts possibly included as well? I think introverts can absolutely do this. I, I think, you know, where some people might not think that they're charismatic, it's OK. You don't have to 100 percent be a guy who can get up or a girl. You don't have to be someone who can get up on stage and speak in front of 10,000 people and get them all, you know, cheering and stomping and clapping and doing all those things. Some podcasters are introverts. They're comfortable in their own space, in a quiet spot. But what makes them more successful is they are attacking it with just pure, natural curiosity. You know, one of the joys of podcasting is that for many of us, it gives us a perspective. It gives us the opportunity to listen to a conversation we just wouldn't have access to anywhere else. You know, one of my clients that I work with, he's uh, he's a teacher. He teaches all about chess. And so that community, it's not like there's a chess television network. It's not like, you know, chess is constantly being shown on ESPN or other places where this content would be out there. And this guy, and I love him, he's not you know, he didn't come into this as a super charismatic personality, but he just he was he just wanted to learn, genuinely learn and discover 
some of the great chess players that are out there playing today. And because he tackles it with just pure, unadulterated, natural curiosity, all the other people who have the same curiosity, they get to go along with the on the ride with him. And so he has a great, successful product that caters to his niche. So if you can't be charismatic, if you aren't you know, a natural storyteller, if you're not somebody who is naturally funny, there's still an opportunity to get into this space, but you have to be providing value to the listener. And so if one way to do that is by being inquisitive and curious and getting and sharing information to a population that just doesn't have easy access to it or, or to the people in that space, you have a chance to be very successful as well. What about some of the businesses that may be more, you know, more Main Street? Because, you know, I, I almost hate to ask kind of a, um, a formulaic question here, but you talked about storytelling. And I think a lot of businesses can come up with a story that they want to tell. You know, we're used to telling stories about how we were founded or why our product or service, you know, fulfills a need or a want that was out there. Or, you know, we, we tend to be pretty good at telling the story of our, I, I would hope <laughs> as marketers that we're pretty good <laughs> at telling the story of our product or service. But then you mentioned um, going and, and, and using podcasting as an additional way to engage with the audience, to connect with people. And I think that one of the places that businesses are going to go first is to their existing Facebook and Twitter and Instagram followers that they have worked over, let's call it the past decade to really build that audience. But at the same time, I know that Facebook is not necessarily the most friendly of all places for podcasters. And I, you know, I almost scratch my own head. So if we're talking about curiosity, let me ask on, on behalf of not just the listeners of multi new media, but let me ask on behalf of myself as well, what are the things that we should be looking for? If we do decide to create a podcast, if we decide to at least try it out, what are some common pitfalls that we we really should try to avoid given the business mentality? What do you observe with your clients? So it's funny that you bring up Facebook. One thing that I've observed is that we think that social media is going to be the place to attract the most listeners because it is, a, you know, a very popular, successful digital marketing platform. Unfortunately, when you're scrolling through Facebook or when you're scrolling through your Twitter feed, what most people aren't doing is they're not stopping and listening. They're not clicking play on a long form audio show and sitting there and observing it for an hour. Better yet, even the videos that are on Facebook, how many of those do you watch with actual audio? I mean, the videos that are super successful, at least at least from what I've seen and from some observation and from the people that I know, most of the videos that do really, really well, nobody turns the sound on for. They're either showing you the words or they're just simply showing you what it is that you want to see. Like, for example, I love the tasty videos, those 30 second to minute long cooking videos that are a quick demonstration of really easy, interesting recipes. There's no audio. If you turn it on, the music to them is usually horrible and and frankly, offensive. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> what makes but the problem, the, the, the reason why they work is because they're easy, they're quick, and I don't have to turn on the volume to consume them because so many of us are staring at our phones while we're with other people, while we're out and about. You know, it's it's there's not a lot of people you see with their headphones on just scrolling on Facebook unless they're also listening to music or they're also listening to podcasts. So one of the pitfalls is thinking that because you put your audio on these platforms, that's where people are going to listen. 
They're not. You have to convince them to go and subscribe to your show and become a regular podcast consumer through the podcasting apps. Now, while they're listening to your show, once they've made that commitment to subscribe and hit play, sure, they'll go back and they'll scroll through their Facebook and they'll look at Twitter and they'll do whatever on LinkedIn. But to think that they're going to sit there and stare at their you know, stare at your audio for an hour is is not going to be successful. Same thing, there's a lot of podcasters that think they put their content up on YouTube and that'll be great. But, you know, that's another place. People are sitting on YouTube with the intent of watching something. They don't want to stare at a stagnant graphic and listen to audio for an hour. So, you know, if you're going to use video as a tool for promoting your podcast, either – and. The other thing is nobody wants to sit there and watch you talking to a mic. It's not that exciting. It it just isn't. I know I know we do it with, you know, a lot of radio shows now broadcast through the television, a lot of sports radio shows, they do the same thing. And like, most people listening to that stuff, they're like getting dressed in the morning or they're having breakfast. They're not really watching it. It's just another distribution channel for their audio and sometimes it's good to see the the high profile guests and whatnot. But the truth is you need to get people to discover your show through social media. You need to give them the quick tidbit of why it's interesting. You know, the clip of you and your co-host laughing about something that makes it sound welcoming, inviting. You need to tease them. You know, is your water killing you? Find out at 11. Well, now I've got to go at 11 and find out. So the same thing. Is your water killing you? The only way to find out is to subscribe to the full podcast. Don't don't give away the farm because then I've got no reason to go and listen. So that's one of the pitfalls is thinking that Social media is the listening platform. It's not. It's the awareness platform. It's the, you know, it's the place to get your brand and your message out there. It's the place to engage with your audience. But that's not where people are going to listen. So that, that's just one thing I think people have to be really careful about when they're getting started in this. Seems to be a tightrope act between clickbait and, you know, the quality content that that we're attempting to put out. And it seems like kind of juggling that balance or, or walking that tightrope, as I said before, it can be tough because, you know, so many people are are now adverse to those headlines. The, the you know, is your water killing you type of headline? Well, I, I would just say to that is there's a difference between a tease and clickbait. So is your water killing you? Fine at 11. So, you know, the tease is if my water is killing me, yes, then I need to know. What makes a clickbait is when I look at it and it's like, no, it's not killing you. We just wanted you to look like that's where I think that's the difference between clickbait and a tease. If you've set me up and you deceive me and you've lied to me and, you know, you you aren't delivering on what you've promised that you're going to deliver. That's clickbait. But if you give me a really good tease and then I go and listen and the payoff was worth it, that's a tease. That's an effective strategy. So just just make sure you're not lying. You know, as, as simple as that sounds, that's wonderful advice because when when you're working on marketing especially, sometimes you come up with really great copy and you think it's true and you run with it. And I got caught in this recently. Uh, I had one of my online courses and it kept it kept getting dinged and I'm like, what is it about this particular course that is not that different from my other ones but it just keeps failing? And finally someone reached out to me and they said, you know what, you might want to check the description of your course because it is not at all what you're doing in the course and I'm thinking oh wow sometime between the production there was an accidental run or I chose the wrong one or somebody wrote the wrong copy something happened and uh, eyeballs just were not on it and and it's it's 
you can accidentally lie. So be very, very cautious with that. I love that you're bringing it up. And it's, uh, you know, for anybody who's kind of maybe thinking, well, of course, it's simple. Don't lie to people. The accidental lie factors in as well. And uh, that impacted revenue of one of my courses recently. So, um, well, and, and it goes to a second point that's also super important. Podcasts are free. We can access them as the consumer. You go into iTunes, Google, whatever, you can get them for free. And so people think, well, if it's free, I could, if it's free, I could put anything out there. But you're asking people to invest their time. And time can be that much more valuable. It could be that much more important to them. And so if you are telling people that this is the, and I, I hate to use this example, but right now it's the only thing that pops in my head, the Get Rich Quick Scheme podcast. If I listen to your show and you're not providing me valuable, insightful information that's actually going to help me do that, if you're not living up to the promise, then you're wasting my time. And not only am I not going to come back and listen to, to another episode or finish listening to the episode, I'm not going to listen to anything else you put out there. So just because you're putting something out there that's free doesn't mean you you can't you don't have to think about providing value to people. And that could be in the in the form of information, advice, entertainment, a laugh. It could even just be in, you know, in providing people with comfort and company. I mean, there's a podcast Sleep With Me that the guy essentially helps people fall asleep. He's just that that's all he does. He's out there. I think he's reading stories or, you know, telling stories. He he's not providing you with information. He's just giving people comfort. But he has, you know, these podcasters, they the good podcasters, they tell you what they're gonna do. They tell you why it is important for you. And if it's not important to you, you're not gonna listen. But you know, people who are interested in that content, they tell you what you're gonna get, why this is gonna be good for you, and then they deliver on it. And if you can deliver on a promise that people want, They'll come back every time. One of my first social media jobs was taking um, an industry executive in logistics and transportation, and he was making quite a name for himself, and he built his business into solidly a mid-sized business, and, and you know, not as what we talk about, small to mid-sized business. I mean on the scale of you're either a small business, you're mid-sized, or you're uh, enterprise level. You're, you're almost getting into the Fortune 1000 level at that point. And he was a solid mid-sized business, and he said, "You know, he said, Chase, I want you to, I want you to turn me into one of these celebrities, like I, I you know, these other, these other people are doing it." And I, I think it encapsulates this story that I have encapsulates a lot of the, the, really the common sense you're giving. But you know, he he wouldn't sit down, and uh, not that I can blame it all on him, but I, you know, I didn't get inputs from him. I'd send. Um, information to him every single week and say, okay, we need to know your thoughts on this so that we can create content around it and wouldn't get the feedback. So you talked about, you have to really be dedicated to this. And then the idea that social media would just automatically make this happen. What is there a factor about, has anybody been successful in coming in and pouring money into this and making it work? Or has it, has it always been authentic, uh, authenticity at any price is going to win out over the financial price tag? I think it's always authenticity. I think there's a few people who might get lucky by throwing enough money at something, but for the most part, after a while, the market is going to, you know, they're going to be able to sniff out the BS. They're going to be able to know that what you're putting out there isn't worth their time. Again, it's free. So it costs them nothing to check it out, but it costs you everything if you're not delivering a valuable product and a promise that you've made to them. 
I think for, you know, there's a few large companies that went out and they worked with Gimlet to create branded podcasts. I don't know how many of them still exist. You know, some of them are interesting, creative, unique. Others were just giant commercials and nobody wants to listen to a giant commercial. Absolutely. And I don't want to bemoan the state of podcasting, but one of the things I hear time and time and time again is that this medium is growing, it's developing, it's evolving, and that now is the time to make, even though we were just saying, you know, it's authenticity and not the financial investment, but now's the time to make the investment in time and um, in money or whatever resource to get in because the the field seems to be growing. But at the same time, is it really? Or or is this uh, creating a, a podcast echo chamber? And and I don't know. I'm not trying to bait you there on that question. I'm truly I'm truly ignorant on that field. Well, I mean, there was just some numbers that came out from Medicine Research and Triton Digital that show, sure, more people recognize the term podcast, more people are listening to podcasts, and of the people listening to podcasts, they're listening to more of them. So certainly there is more interest in podcasting. Now, to your point about whether you have to get into the space now, I don't think you have to rush. I think if, you know, (laughs) one of the great things about podcasting is Anybody can do it. Anybody can get their hands on a microphone. Anybody can either edit on their own or hire somebody to edit or just put their content out raw if they're smooth enough. And anybody can go out there and find and build an audience using podcasting. The problem with podcasting is anybody can do it. And so (laughs) a lot of people are going out there and they're just putting out garbage. And so I think to your point, Yes, there are more people who are producing great content, more people who are seeing a great opportunity, you know, something I've been calling for for years now and it's finally coming around. But like comics are finally starting to take advantage and put out, you know, audio dramas. We just saw the the Wolverine one that came out from uh, I want to say it was Stitcher, but I think I'm making that up. Uh, But, you know, like somebody decided that this is a great place to put out content that was notoriously living in comic books. And, you know, more people are creating fiction stories and more people are doing this. But at the same time, you also have more people who are just turning on a microphone, getting in their basement and going, blah, blah, blah. I'm really cool. You should listen to me. I'm funny. Why am I not ranking on the iTunes new and noteworthy? You know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. Um, And, you know, but, If it's if again, it it goes back to what I said in the very beginning, if you have the right content for a podcast, you absolutely should get in there. But you really need to take a minute and audit what it is that you're trying to do, audit what your audience, who your target audience is, what you're trying to accomplish, how you can best deliver value for some people. It's a podcast for some folks. It's YouTube videos for some folks. It's just putting their CEO on Twitter to crack jokes or to keep people apprised. Are you talking about T-Mobile now? No. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're my go-to example. So I'm I'm not trying to out anything on your side. That's my go-to example. But, you know, but for some folks, it's none of those things. For some folks, the best way to get their business out there is to go out there into the, and go to networking events. It's just because this opportunity exists doesn't mean you have to use it. And maybe it won't be called podcast. Maybe it will be delivered in a different way. But audio content has been around for over 100 years. And while the delivery method has changed and while the distribution has changed, the creation of this content is going to continue forever. 
So just because podcasting is popular now doesn't mean you have to strike now or you're going to miss out on it. It's it's if it's the right medium for you, great. If not, no worries. You're you're not. It's not the you know the it's not the gold rush of forty nine where there's a finite supply yeah. of you know listening out there. There's eight billion people on the planet who could potentially be listening to audio twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. If there's the right audience for your message, you will find them. If not, don't worry about it. You're not missing out on some un, you know, untapped money, you know, unfound profits. You're not leaving anything on the table by not doing a podcast if you don't have the content for it. That's some of the best advice I think I've ever heard about any type of content marketing and the content mix for a business. And and if somebody is still thinking right now, they're thinking about their business or they're thinking about their startup and they're saying, you know what, I feel like this is for me. What are some of the options out there? Because I know, and 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 sorry to my listeners, because they've heard me bemoan this in the past, that it's a very fragmented and difficult market, but I don't want them, if, so if any listeners, I don't want you to have to follow my path and do everything from the ground up with, you know, Amazon S3 buckets, although you can if you want. There are uh, tools and services out there like Libsyn and Blueberry and Spreaker and all of these. Could you give us a, a, a very brief kind of lay of the land of how somebody would take step one to to even figure out if this is a technical fit for them? I would say before you even get into the technical fit, because for as little as $100, you can start your podcast and get it launched. And for as little as $20 a month, you can routinely publish it, you know, if you have all the other infrastructure, a website and, you know, place to record things like that. What I would say is is more important is for free, for no money whatsoever, if you think that audio content is appropriate or is the best way to get your message out there, grab the smartphone in your pocket. doesn't matter if it's an iPhone, Android. It, it could be it, hell, it could be a Microsoft smartphone for all I care. Every single phone in the world has a recording app on there. And so I want you to take your phone, and if you're going to do this solo, great. Hold the phone up to your face, hit record, start talking. If you're going to do an interview, put the phone on the table, hit record, and the two of you start talking. Don't worry about publishing it. Don't worry about it going out there. Just hit record. Because while everybody thinks they can do it, a lot of people things change when the mic goes on or when the red light of the camera is faced with them. So first, find out if if you can even sustain doing this kind of thing. Because you'll save a lot of money if you turn on the microphone and you realize, I can't fill five minutes. You know, I can't talk to myself. It's it's just not it's just not ingrained in me. So I, I would say first things first, like figure out whether or not broadcasting or recording is right for you. Then if you want to, you know, take it to the next step and you think you're ready to do it. Great. You know, there's a cheap but really high quality USB microphones and ATR 2100. If you're going to be doing this alone or talking to people over voice over IP the way we're talking today. There's great podcast hosting from Libsyn, Blueberry, Spreaker, uh, the ones that you mentioned, you know, and you, the reason why you do podcast hosting is because they take care of your bandwidth. You have to pay essentially for your monthly audio storage, but then you don't have to worry about how many times it gets downloaded. If you, if you get 10 downloads or 10,000 downloads, you're not going to get dinged. So that's why I always advocate podcast hosting versus just your regular website hosting. You don't want to get the bandwidth bill one day if you get, accidentally got a million downloads and be like, I can't afford this. 
Which if that's a, want- if I can interject, that's a really good idea because back in episode sixty, we got dinged. One of the podcast networks uh, incorrectly loaded the file, and we were simply getting an RSS feed hit over and over and over, and charged up something like I think twenty dollars. And uh, so that is a, a very good, <laughs> very good and really true reason to to stick with one of those. Yeah, I mean it's it's just protect yourself. It's it's a really smart thing to do. Plus, those guys. They care about podcasters. That's what they do. If you have a problem, they know how to help you because that's all they do. Your hosting company, sure, there might be somebody who understands podcasting, but they're not experts. And if you have a problem with them, they're going to be like, I don't know, read this. Um, So podcast hosting, always advocate for that. As far as, you know, making a connection, there's a lot of, there's plenty of free or cheap software for uh, like Skype is free, and I, from what I understand, they're going to be adding their own recording software built into it. So great! Now you can do interview shows with someone anywhere around the world, and you don't have to worry about paying for a service. But if you want your audio to sound even better, there are services like Ringer or Zencaster that do double M recording. So now people who don't have a microphone or people who you know your connection's not that solid, you can still get a high quality audio file from them. There's free audio editing software from Audacity where if you need to go in there and, and, you know, somebody coughed or farted during the interview and you need to pull that out to make them sound better, you can easily do it. And there's millions of YouTube videos showing you how to and great people like Dave Jackson and Daniel J. Lewis who, you know, provide really good content to show you how to get that kind of stuff done. And, and on top of all of that, the true – oh, and if you need artwork and you don't have a marketing department, there's sites like Canva that – You can easily whip up a podcast logo in just a few minutes. But on top of all of that, what you're hearing me say is there's all these different things that you can do. It's a lot of work. Again, going back to what we said, if you can't invest the time and the money and the hours to put this together, there are lots of people. And and I'm not even just talking about myself. When I started podcast editing, when I started doing this as a production – there was maybe a couple of other people. I, I, you know, saw an opportunity that didn't exist and I sort of invented my own job for myself. But today, I mean, I belong to a Facebook group with thousands of professional podcast editors. There are plenty of highly reputable, really good people who will literally, as I like to say, literally all you have to do is talk into a mic and then we'll do everything on our end to get you from there onto iTunes. So, If you can't, you know, if you're a small business, you've got a lot on your plate and adding a podcast is just probably not in the cards for you. So, you know, there's certainly great people out there who can do the work for you, who have the expertise, who have the experience, who can make sure that you're getting it done right and take the stress out of your life. So for anyone running a podcast, for anyone who's still thinking about it, if they know that this is the right fit for their company, Matthew, I want to give you a moment just to open up and let people know how you prefer to be contacted, the types of things you're working on, any type of plugs you'd like to place, uh, anything you'd like to promote. I just want to give you a moment to really conclude with with letting people know who you are in more detail other than the the introduction stuff we already covered. How can people connect with you and and who should be looking to connect with you? Well, so going back to, so there's Pod to Pod, which is the podcasting information newsletter once a week. If you're really interested in this information, we put out a newsletter Tuesday mornings. We won't spam you, but if you want to know what's going on, all the headlines delivered to your inbox, you'll stay up to date with podcasting. If you're interested in podcast advertising, if you want to get your message out there, maybe maybe you don't want to be creating the content, but maybe you want to just take advantage 
of the market that already exists and of the people that are already doing a great job creating content, put your ad in a few podcasts. I mean, that's that's how MailChimp, you know, went from who to, you know, who they are today. And the same with Blue Apron. Lots of companies are are taking advantage of a intimate relationship between host and audience. So uh, if podcast advertising is what you're thinking about, truenativemedia.com. This is another place that I work right now, and, and we could certainly talk to you and figure out if this is the right space for you. And then to your point, if you really are thinking about producing a podcast, if you even are just fathoming it and you want somebody to, to bounce the idea off of, no obligation, no payment, just, you know, I'm thepodcastconsultant.com. Make sure you include the word the. If you don't, you'll wind up with Dave Jackson, who's a fantastic guy as well. You won't get me. So thepodcastconsultant.com. I'm happy to talk to you about your aspirations for podcasting, if it's right for you. If it is, great. I'll lay out how I work with you. I'll lay out how other podcast editors should be working with you. And hopefully we'll put you on the right track to success. If not, I'll save you the trouble and save you the effort and tell you why I don't think it is. Look, I hope more people want to get into the space. But as we've said a few times, I want the right people to get into the space. I don't want this this medium. I don't want this venture you know, marred by nasty, terrible, inexperienced, unprofessional podcasters, or worse, I don't want somebody to produce a podcast, be unhappy with it three weeks later, and then say, ugh, podcasting is stupid. And then they go on to tell people, don't listen to podcasts, don't bother with the medium, it's a dump. Like, I want to try and paint the best light that I can for it, because truthfully, the the shows that I I don't listen to the radio anymore. I have completely, I used to have SiriusXM, even while I worked in commercial radio, I was listening to Sirius XM. I've cut that out of my life. I only listen to podcasts because I found a few shows that are highly informational, highly educational, or highly entertaining. And that's how I want to spend my time. And so I think that exists for everybody out there. And we have to be willing to put out good content and let people find that good content so we can continue to grow and support each other and make even better content. Matthew, you are so right that time is the most important commodity that we have. So I want to thank you very much for joining me today and giving a little taste to not just me, but all of the the listeners of Multi New Media about what it takes to podcast, um, how to know if it's right for your brand or not, and some of the steps you can take in order to get started. Matthew, once again, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.